This is your Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Where to begin? I'm actually kind of bored with the whole coronavirus topic. I now feel like... yeah, trends nationally... We've been covering this for, what, three weeks now? I just feel like we peaked too soon. I feel like we, we were invited to the screening, the pre-screening, and now like we know the ending, and it's like, oh, I've already seen this one. I don't know if we know the ending, but certainly every single act and scene has unfolded according to the script. Today, I pulled four quotes from the Wall Street Journal and four quotes from Event 201, the live simulated coronavirus put together by the World Health Organization, Johns Hopkins, the World Economic Forum, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that happens to track almost word for word at this point with the real coronavirus that is having real impact. It's this, uh, our tagline for Propaganda Report was because the news is not reality, I think, or something like that. I have to <laughs> revisit it. But um, the the news is not reality. No, what the hell is it? It was, um, I don't know, but reality creates the news. You know what I mean? Like it can create it or the news can create whatever. The news can create a reality. So the yeah. news is not reality, but it can create a reality. It creates the reality about issues and subjects that we can't personally experience and touch. And then you have a reality like I just lost my 401k. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it gets real. It has even a real if it's impact. Not. So when people say, oh, you think it's fake, you think it's a hoax, you think it's a psyop, you know, you're not worried about it. I'm like, oh, I'm worried about it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it more than ever because these guys have a multitasking agenda here and they're going to, they apparently are going to see it through and it is really devastating people's 401ks and if they keep it up and they're using it as an excuse to like increase stimulus, lower interest rates. I mean, that looks like it's coming. I was talking about this way before the coronavirus thing. This stuff was already in the offing. So if they need this as a cover for the real crash that they kicked down the road in 2008, I think that this is going to be a, a an absolute slaughterhouse. But I don't really know because they change the ending sometimes. And if this gets out too much, then they might have to, which is why I actually, in the end, think that the Monica Perez show might have died of COVID-19. I think that it is the first <laughs> fatality in the United States. In Atlanta, right yeah. near the CDC. Right There's... by the CDC. It was unable to contain it, even though it was only... Nine years old? Is that how old the show was total? Yeah, eight and a half years old. Still an adolescent, and it was taken too early. I just forgot. Honestly, I just forgot that the CDC was in Atlanta. And the only time I ever ventured, I just never went into the vaccine thing because I didn't really know about it. My kids are already, already vaccinated. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Plenty of people are fighting that fight, so I just wasn't worried about it. But, but one time I did say, like, I, I wish I hadn't gotten my kids the chicken pox vaccine. It's not fatal. And now they can get the chicken pox when they're older. And that was the, one of the very few times my boss said, man, we have never gotten hate mail on you, even though you say crazy things all the time. But this vaccine freaked people out. And he didn't tell me not to say it, but he left today. <laughs> this is the last day of my show. So I think he was giving me a little cover. Yeah. I think it's hilarious to think about the new ownership hearing the Event 201 coronavirus show. 
<laughs> the day they show up. Yeah. Tell me to be like, what the hell? What is this disinformation? <laughs> is is that a Russian you have? Well, I do wonder because the new boss, the head of the new boss is a member of the CFR. Uh-huh. And I always figured after what we what what we did on that show when you found that stuff about Stacey Abrams, I was like, her people must we must be on their radar. Like normally I wouldn't think that I've been on the radar for that kind of thing a few times, Boston Marathon bombing. It's just when you find stuff that nobody else finds, they you you hit the radar. But with her, we're in our hometown. I guess she couldn't, they, nobody could really do any, I don't know. I feel like the old regime was kind of naively old school media. I always wondered why I was on the radio and I think they were just real media people from Decades and decades in the business. It was a family company, and I think... Are you wearing a Richard Pryor shirt? Yeah, it says... I actually bought this shirt during the Charlie Hebdo thing where they, like, showed a cop getting shot by a bullet that ricocheted off the sidewalk, like, three inches from his head. Yeah. And uh, But then he died of it, even though it didn't hit him. So I bought this shirt, which says... Because I would show people the picture and they would be like, I don't know how bullets work. And I was like, yeah, they work by going into your head and killing you. They don't work by bouncing off the sidewalk and killing you unless they then go into your head. So the shirt says, uh, who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes? But it's really a ripoff of a Groucho Marx thing. And the way Richard Pryor said it is his wife or girlfriend or whatever comes in and finds him screwing somebody else. And he says, it's not what it looks like. And she says, I'm, I'm seeing it with my own eyes. And he says, who are you going to believe, bitch? Me or your lion eyes? Well, <laughs> well like, <laughs> in the modern era, the answer to that know. is, it's a deep fake. I'm not even here right now. Yes, right, right. And that's why we have to all wear our little Pokemon goggles, virtual reality goggles, so that we don't actually know what we're seeing with our own eyes or not. Yeah, I can see whatever we want to see. Whatever anyway, I don't mean to get out of line about... See. The, uh, the death of the Monica Perez show, but I, I really feel like it's, mm, I don't know. I just suspect it's content related. That last know. show Call that me we crazy. did. The last did. show we you, did. You checked off 9-11. We checked off Event <laughs> 201 in the coronavirus. And there was one other I know, there conspiracy was definitely, related topic that it, it wasn't was even off like, limits that we checked off. It wasn't I can't even like conspiracy. I was just like, this is in the record. Osama bin Laden was a CIA operative. Yeah, like, that. If you don't know that, like, you know, whatever. So, and I remember after that show, someone tweeted and was like, oh, I missed your show. Your internet friend tweeted, I missed your show. I was like, eh. And I was just about to type, maybe I did tweet back to him. Man, I dropped like truth bomb after truth bomb. Whoa, you really missed a good one. I remember thinking after that show, like, wow, I normally soft pedal that stuff or just like take it slow. That's what you said like, right when the show was over. You yeah, said I was that like, to me. Jeez. But because, first of all, it's too short a show. It's a 15 and the, minutes, basically. I know. And the, the reason I usually take it slow is because it's for the listener. Listeners who are driving around town with their kids in the car going to soccer. And you're just like, oh, Osama bin Laden was a CIA operative. Like, you got to kind of, like, they're just like, what? What did she just say? You've got to be like, hey, remember that testimony that Hillary Clinton made in Congress where she was pointing out right. about the Mujahideen and he was blah, blah, blah. You know, you just have to explain it. You can't just, like, <laughs> drop bombs you like can't that. smack them in the face with exactly. a new Overton window. Yeah, exactly. And uh, But it wasn't the people. It wasn't the people. It was, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Speculations are odious. 
Yeah. I think I know what that means. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but the coronavirus stuff. Okay, so I actually have one quote after another from the new the Wall Street Journal today that absolutely echoes the event to a one quote. So I just wanted to read like four quotes side by side, but if you have other coronavirus stuff, it's... What I have is some of the latest happenings in Hong Kong is that they are now quarantining dogs because a dog tested positive for the coronavirus, which it's more common in dogs. If you look it up the history of it, dogs tend to get it, and it's like a flu-type thing that they like, get over. Coronavirus is, I think, a cold. <laughs> it's just the cold. Yeah, and then there's a story that we have a worldwide shortage in mask. Face mask paired alongside a story that I think it's a CDC official, and we've already talked about this, who came out and said masks aren't going to protect you from anything. So right. everybody thinks the mask is what's going to save them. There's not, there's not a worldwide shortage in hand soap. Well, that's what my that's one of my quotes was during a this is from event 201. Can I interrupt you to just Go insert ahead, yeah. this? During a catastrophic outbreak, countries may it well the the headline I saw about masks was mask supplies drop amid global hoarding. Okay? Mask supplies drop amid global hoarding was a headline I saw today. And then I recalled that I looked it up in the, my event 201 docs. During a catastrophic outbreak, countries may be reluctant to part with scarce medical resources. A robust international stockpile could therefore help to ensure that low and middle resource settings receive needed supplies regardless of whether they produce such supplies domestically. They should commit to donating some, some uh, supplies into a virtual stockpile. So they anticipate that countries will be reluctant to share their supplies during a panic or a pandemic. Yeah. And I don't that's even exactly know what a virtual what stockpile is. I know. I don't I really get know that. either. Yeah. I think what my guess is, I, I really don't know, but my, I would think that what they would do is stockpile. They can't actually stockpile a vaccine of something they haven't invented yet or <laughs> discovered yet, depending on how you look at it. So what they could probably do is get all the um, manufacturing, distribution, all that stuff in place. They could get maybe like the um, neutral solution or something that the stuff gets injected into and produced like that, just kind of ready to go Yeah, is how I assume it works. Yeah. And then you just press a button and you're off to the races. So that was one of them. Keep going. And I wanted to say something about Hong Kong. Okay, go ahead. JJ Boogie had said something like, "What? How does this connect to the fact that we're not hearing about the Hong Kong protests anymore?" And I have to—I I mean, I don't know, but if one were to uh, speculate odiously, I might think that you could say maybe. Well, we we were the National Endowment for Democracy was highly instrumental in promoting these Hong Kong protests. China, the CDC, is participating in Event Two Hundred One and is also the kind of ground zero for this pandemic and the Hong Kong protests stopped when they started engaging in this and I just wonder to what extent we kind of set that up as a negotiating chit to say hey we're in control of this we're messing with you like the mafia like throwing a throwing a brick through your window every night and say okay now that you understand that we're throwing bricks through your window every night you can make this stop by just doing what we're telling you to do and I mean, there's a chance that's working like that. So governments the are mobs. behind the coronavirus. Mm, governments are mobs. So <laughs> yes, 
The mafia is the best analogy for for a government. It's a protection racket. Yeah. So, so other maybe. news that's going to relate perfectly to Event 201 is that the CDC is now predicting that there will be more person-to-person -person spreading in the U.S. There's already 60 confirmed cases, and that we will have an overwhelmed and overloaded healthcare system due to the coronavirus. And on top of that, we are now hearing from the ex-Fed. His name is Warsh. He says that there will be a coordinated global central bank action in response to the coronavirus. That's his prediction. All of that stuff comes right out of my kind of side-by-side -side notes. The, uh, these, this is a quote from today's news. It is, uh, the Fed can ensure that liquidity conditions remain supportive so firms can get funding through this disruption. And then I see in my notes uh, from the event 201, it says, there will be a need to identify critical nodes of the banking system and global and national economies that are too essential to fail and might need emergency international financial support. The World Bank, International Monetary Fund, uh, regional banks, national governments, foundations, and others should explore ways to increase the amount and availability of funds in a pandemic and ensure that they can be flexibly used where needed. So those are all financial uh, infrastructure institutions and that's what we're talking about here. Just loosening liquidity, finance. And this chaos nationwide, because the coronavirus story has been out there for not just the past yeah. two days, but it is just now taking the central focus of all the media and the panic and Trump getting up there and speaking the other day with the CDC is coming right up on Super Tuesday when there's going to be a bunch of rallies, a bunch of people cramming themselves into gymnasiums, into wherever Bernie Sanders and caucuses. whoever holds rallies. Yeah, so They're getting trying to get rid of masses, caucuses We're getting masses anyway. of people together. So on one hand, we're hearing social separation to make sure you don't get... But on the other hand, masses of people... So I look for Maybe these states... Maybe there'll be where the low Iowa, turnout. Yeah. Well, could be low turnout, and they could blame it on the coronavirus, and there could also be a higher rate of spread in the areas where these where Super Tuesday occurs. It could be Super Coronavirus Tuesday, if we're not careful. <laughs> Corona Tuesday, baby. So, okay, one thing that you already said was from something I saw I pulled today also. It said, uh, mild... No, the thing about overwhelming healthcare systems, I believe that was absolutely directly out of Event 201. Two things, though. There was a big headline top uh, above the fold of the Wall Street Journal today. It says, mild flu symptoms fuel fast epidemic. That's literally in the Wall Street Journal today. And Yeah, it, and you yeah. can't get tested for it. You can't go to the doctor if you have symptoms and say, I'd like to be tested for the coronavirus. Right. I think it's very expensive to test for it, from what I understand. And they, they don't even have enough tests. Yeah, so they'll only test people who are at higher risk, which means, of course, the spread of whatever it is we're dealing with is inevitable if you're only going to test a small amount of people. But they don't need to test it. They can't do anything but try right. to keep you alive. So if you, if you have a cold, which the vast, vast, vast majority of people with coronavirus, novel coronavirus, it's just a cold— if you have that, there's nothing I can do about it. If you have pneumonia, they give you IV fluids and keep you in the hospital. I mean, yeah. there isn't anything they can do. A family was kicked off of an airplane because their daughter was coughing. Everybody freaked out. That's Well, what... that's that's what I thought you were going to say. Like all of this is just a result of panic, yeah. which it was the basis of Event 201. 
that it was the panic that caused the problems and not the actual illness. Although 65 million people die in that simulation. So there's no doubt that everybody's going to be a little self-conscious about coughing or running their nose. No, you don't want to cough in front of somebody if you're in public right now because not because you might think you might be sick, but because everybody's going to turn their head and look at you like, oh, no. Yeah, people are going to stop going to mass. They shut down mass on Ash Wednesday in Italy. Like, that pope is bad. Okay, so this is what it said in the newspaper. It said, the new virus is particularly challenging for public health officials because people who are infected and transmitting to others might have only mild flu-like symptoms or no symptoms at all, making them difficult to identify. And then that was out of the actual newspaper. It says, it says some people, this is from Event 201, some people only exhibited mild flu-like symptoms, not, not requiring treatment. Alarmingly, those people were able to walk around and spread the virus, not realizing they are doing so. I mean, that's just a mirror image of the exact same story. It's identical. Identical. And then similarly... I had from uh, numerous articles I saw today, you probably saw it too, U.S. workers without protective gear assisted the first American coronavirus evacuees, according to an HHS whistleblower. So U.S. workers without protective gear, this, a whistleblower said that U.S. workers did not have protective gear. And as you might have noticed... I've said this several times when talking about Event 201. This is straight out of Action Item 3. Supporting continued trade and travel in such an extreme circumstance may require the provision of enhanced disease control measures and personal protective equipment for transportation workers, government subsidies to support critical trade routes, and potential liability protection should also be considered. So they highlight that, and I've highlighted, that workers are going to need to work to learn how to work in protective gear. And a whistleblower just pointed out that they hadn't been doing so. So that's going to happen. It's going to be like the Tylenol thing where now every single solitary thing you buy is shrink-wrapped or sealed because of a very strange story about people dying from taking tainted Tylenol, probably before you were born. But when I was a little kid, you, everything wasn't all like, you didn't need a knife to open every single solitary Well, thing. for anybody out there, there's another marketing product opportunity along with the mask you can make mask a coronavirus mask with maga on it or maybe flipping a bird or something or now you I can like make it. hazmat suits themed hazmat suits that are fashionable and trendy can make a lot of money in the i think years. what i think what a really great kind of like bet hedging thing would be to make when you're saying like people who were using bras make maga bras and then while the coronavirus lasts, you could just cut them in half and sell them as masks. Yeah. But then if you have like surplus inventory, you could just, because I think MAGA bras would be pretty cool too. MAGA bras. Yeah, that would encourage people, <laughs> uh, women to show those bras off. So <laughs> Mardi Gras is over, babe. There you go. <laughs> so let me just read this one last sentence that, I mean, is so happening right now. This was straight out of the newscast of Event 201. The outbreak was small at first and initially seemed controllable. Then it started spreading 
Within six months, cases were occurring in nearly every country. Stock markets around the world plummeted between 20 and 40% and headed into a downward cycle of fear and low expectations. Now, this is from Event 201, right? Not and also news. from the news today. Okay, all right. But so that was fine. from Event 201. But, it, but I mean, it was that is the news today. If we played our thing, people would believe it. What's baffling is that they so accurately predicted what was going to happen in this Event 201 Yet their response still seems so horribly inadequate. That's true. It's almost like they wanted to demonstrate that they were right and that their call to action should be employed. And a lot of this is a big training because of these calls to action. It's what it I feels mean, I'm like just me. I'm I don't want to tempt fate, but I am going to keep my eyes open for like the you know witnessing people who actually have the sickness and see if it's any different between like a cold or the flu or something. You're going to start investigating some coronavirus cases? No, I just I just want to casually observe from a great distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll still be washing my hands frequently. There's no doubt about that. Yes, I am a You're not going to see hand, me in a, a hand washer face from mask. way back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so can we move on yeah. from that? Let's put Talk the coronavirus behind us for now. Yes, let's try to do that. So Today is the anniversary of Waco, the, the massacre at Waco. And that was in 1993, I believe. It started today. It's a siege. So people probably don't know this. I highly recommend going to, uh, to listen to the Ruby Ridge stuff and the Waco stuff on the Make Liberty Great Again network, the Red Pill series. It's, you can find it at thisismlga.com forward slash 39. This is MLGA.com forward slash 39. He talks about Waco, but he goes into, so I was totally refreshed in my memory of all this stuff. Ruby Ridge, where I guess it was the FBI, just whatever, really set this family up. A sniper shot Vicki Weaver, the woman who lived in the house, in the head when she was behind her kitchen door holding her baby, killed her, shot her in the head. His name was uh, Lon Hariuchi, I think his name was. And, um... So, uh, what's his face? Bill Barr. A lot of people were reprimanded or sanctioned or whatever, punished for how they handled Ruby Ridge. Bill Barr was the head of the DOJ at that time, attorney general. And he went to bat for the sniper who shot her in the head, and he got no punishment at all. Then that same sniper went to kill a lot of innocent people in Waco. When he denied that he did it, but he denied one of them or the other, but there were shell casings at his position. Like, there's no chance that he didn't do it. And uh, and the Waco thing was kind of like a way Janet Reno, the new attorney general, was trying to rehabilitate the image of the Department of Justice by going to Texas and trying to confiscate legally owned guns. I don't know. And they killed a lot of freaking people. A lot. Really murdered them. And uh, that was today. So what listen year? to that. 1993. 1993. Yeah, 27 years. Is that 27 years? I think, I think it was so. 1993. Maybe it was 1998. No, 1993. Anyway, that's that. You just got to remember these things. People don't remember. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I was noticed was that Catherine Pugh, the Baltimore mayor who was... She was sentenced today. She was convicted of using her position to make a deal for herself with, I think, hospitals, healthcare providers, 
to sell her ridiculously silly children's book. Right, I remember and we, that. We've been following that because before that actually happened, I had speculated that when you see politicians who make a lot of money from books and speeches who've never really had a private sector job but that are worth millions of dollars, I would just, I was suggesting that people scrutinize that with an eye to whether they really think there's that kind of demand for their books and their speeches just because of their riveting, informative, and entertainment value, or if there's any chance that it's a way to get people to say what you want them to say if you pay for them to say it, or if you get them to do something and you buy their book, that's how it worked in her case. And I had speculated previously that it might work that way in other people's cases too. Yeah, and that also lends false credibility to whoever the author is by making it seem as though it's yep. a New York Times bestseller and they yep. have some sort of expertise on a subject. Yes, like uh, Stacey Abrams' ability to write romance novels. Doesn't it seems... You mean you know, Selena that, Montgomery. Sorry, yeah. I mean... I think she, she could actually be a writer. Like I think she um, could actually be the person. She's who... very smart. There's no question about that. To think that a tax attorney is a great romance writer, kind of a stretch. It is not consistent with any of her life experience. Well, <laughs> I don't know about her life experience. She's a fictional that. character, and this is a she fictional story. She is a fictional story. character. Yes, okay, so there you go. So I think we all have a romance writer inside of us anyway. <laughs> Fabio is going to be on the cover of mine. <laughs> All right. So uh, <clears throat> what else you got? Well, Joe Biden, there was a CNN town hall again. Oh, they yeah. do these town halls. I feel like they do these every single day now where they have the Democrat candidates come in and they just boost them up or tear them down, depending on which way they want to direct the narrative. And during Joe Biden's town hall the other day, a guy in the audience stands up and he asked Biden, he said, what are you going to do? If you're president or you win the election and Trump refuses to concede. And Biden responded. <laughs> what, more of those dumb questions. Right. It's like when they asked Stacey Abrams what she would do if if Donald Trump gave her an unconstitutional order. She was running for governor. Yeah. Like, the, I don't know what order she was taking from him. But people used to talk about this about Obama, too. All the time. Too. Yeah. And this is a conspiracy theory, and you're a nut if you're talking about it when Obama's president. Oh, but now, right, Trump's right. president, now right. they're legitimately talking about this on CNN. What if Trump refuses to leave office? As this is, <laughs> meanwhile, we're getting kicked off the radio Aww. by what seems to be talking about Event 201, which is a real thing, yet CNN is having a whole town hall where they're asking Biden, what are you going to do if Trump refuses to leave office? And Biden stopped, and Biden said, do you ever think in your lifetime, this is serious, this is no joke, no joke, and he was dead serious, when because you can <laughs> hear this quote, and you can think he was kidding, but he was serious. He said, okay. did you ever think in your lifetime, no matter how young or old you are, that any person would be able to ask that question and be taken seriously? And then he goes, no, I'm not joking. Our democracy is at risk. And then he list, listed off a bunch, a bunch of institutions that Trump has torn down and attacked. And then he says, after everything that Trump has done, I have no worry about him being escorted out of the White House. And everybody just went, woo, went crazy. But I remember when people were saying that about Obama. And I was like, that's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. Well, now it's not a ridiculous question. Well, I guess it would, I mean, it's kind of like, oh, this might've been something I said on the last, I think this is something I said on the last <laughs> Monica Perez show. 
It's like when the pilot of the lone gunman was about yeah, some guy <laughs> driving into the Twin Towers, and then George Bush says, we never even thought of the possibility of a plane flying into the Twin yeah. Towers. That was the other subject I was trying to remember. <laughs> right. Predictive was, programming. We were talking about yeah, Homeland on Showtime. Kind of thing. We brought yep. in the X-Files sequel. At the end of the show, it's like... The, uh, spin-off. Ooh, that was a little... I think I, I think I went too far there. That's what you said immediately <laughs> following the show. It was the first thing that you said. I have one oh. other interesting story of note. Speaking of live simulations, there's going to be an elaborate unconventional warfare exercise set for undisclosed sites in North Carolina. And Fort Bragg is warning the public that suspicious-looking military activity could erupt on private land across multiple North Carolina counties next month as part of a cryptic special forces exercise. This could include hearing explosions, seeing soldiers acting as guerrilla freedom fighters. This is according to the... U.S. Army John F. Kennedy School Special Warfare Center. Wait, so what was the beginning? What is this? This is a live training exercise that's for unconventional warfare that's going to be happening at undisclosed sites in North Carolina. What's unconventional warfare? It's like guerrilla warfare. warfare is. It's like what? Guerrilla warfare, improvised oh, warfare. Oh, okay, okay, got it. And it's going to happen on undisclosed sites, so it's going to ha- erupt. It says it could erupt military activity could erupt onto private land across North Carolina counties and people could hear explosions and see military acting as guerrilla freedom fighters. So how many people are going to read this story? How many people that live in North Carolina? Probably almost none. So people are going to see military people acting as guerrilla freedom fighters on private land. There's going to be explosions on private land and they're not going to have saw this story. And they could react. They could get their guns out and try to defend themselves. So this is how live simulation, this is an admission that a live simulation will go on without the public being aware of it. Because this is like, this is like putting notice in the newspaper on the back page of the classifieds when someone has a warrant out for their arrest. You're never going to see it. I put notice in the paper. I'm free. Right. So don't tell us we're crazy when we say a live simulation can go on. Yeah. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Shoot. I mean, that's crazy. <sighs> Explosions and guerrilla freedom fighters might erupt onto your private land. Just giving you a heads up. We're In not going to tell you where, I though. mean, these are places where people defend their Second Amendment How are you supposed today? to react? If someone- well, that's the thing. This is the thing that I think with, like, no-knock raids and swatting and all that is that it's a way to get you to not want to be armed. You see something going on, and the only thing you can do is put your hands up. Hands up, don't shoot. Or put your face in the ground. That kind of thing. Face down, don't shoot. Yeah, face down, face <laughs> the ground, don't shoot. Yeah. You know, just absolutely cower or like your dog lay on your back, like, ah, whatever, I'm just a dog. That's that, that's the only solution, right? I mean, I don't tell, I, I don't want people to call the cops because I don't want the cops bringing their guns. I don't care if regular people have guns, but I'm worried about the cops having the guns. Yeah. You should flip it. Give the regular should, people the guns? Well, Take them away from the cops. Take them away from the cops. And let the people keep the guns. I see. Why, why, why should, the cops don't need the guns if the people have the guns. I guess that's so, a good point. So, look, I want to tell people, 
Our last show is tomorrow. We're pre-taping it this evening, so I really cannot go out with a bang the way people want me to. I can't go rogue. <laughs> I wouldn't anyway. I'm going to keep it classy. Yeah. But uh, one thing I do want to do, because I really didn't have any warning here, much warning, I, I would do like a Last Liberty on the Rocks in Atlanta, a little get-together. Maybe we could do a live podcast. I don't know. That might be too ambitious, but I've had get-togethers before in Atlanta after the show. I would like to do that again, but I'm not going to be on the air the day of, so I can't announce it then. If you want to stay informed, please sign up for the email at thepropreport.com slash email. And if you sign up there, you get maybe once a week newsletter with the podcasts and that's it. It'll just and be a way for me to reach out on rare occasions. Right. You get updates about the propaganda yeah. report hazmat suits and face masks. It'll go on sale I am, shortly. I am sure. not authorizing merch sales through email blasts at this time. But <laughs> <laughs> I will certainly get permission before we do that. But I do want to do some fun prop report merch. You guys I have can to find pay it. for stuff now. We've got to right. we've got to replace lost that's income. Right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. And uh, we probably should tell people that we have a Patreon account. We do. If you want to help out the show, you can become a, a Patreon or you can donate through PayPal, share the show, tell your friends about it, leave us ratings on iTunes. Any help we can get helps us out. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>